You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I cover the Chicago Bears for NBC Sports Chicago, and I cover the NFL for Pro Football Focus. Locked On Bears is your podcast destination for daily Chicago Bears news and analysis. And today, we are diving into the All-22 film from the Bears' loss to the Miami Dolphins. We're going to figure out what exactly went wrong for this Bears defense, how the tackling seemed to fall apart, how the pass rush was non-existent, and, and how they really failed to stop this Dolphins running game. And we'll wrap up with a look at some of the positives that the offense did, kind of evaluating Mitchell Trubisky's performance and Matt Nagy's performance, and ultimately kind of figuring out what exactly happened in this overtime loss. It seemed like through the first four weeks of this season, we've known the story of this Bears defense, right? It's Bears defense very good and Bears offense trying to keep up, and in the case of the Buccaneers game, really keeping up. So we always have had a pretty offensive-heavy film study here. But for today's Tape Tuesday, I'd like to focus a lot more heavily on the defense because really, to me, that is the story of the game. And I think especially for that side of the ball, it's not always as simple as pointing to one player or one specific thing as to how that went wrong. And I think a defensive failure like this can have a lot of sort of ripple effects and the flow of the game ultimately having a big impact on it. Unlike unlike the offense when, you know, sometimes you can point to a couple bad plays from the quarterback and a big sack, a big turnover, whatever, and that's kind of what happened. Defensively, it was a lot of things that kind of flowed into each other through this game. So I'd like to kind of go through this second half in particular because that's really where it all fell apart. Because... In the first half, I mean, they were they were fine. You know, I think they gave up seven points kind of early on, but it was seven to zero at halftime. The defense made some mistakes, and you know, I did notice a few miscommunications early on in coverage where Roquan Smith and Bryce Callahan would be kind of in the same zone, and no one covers the flat, and it's a little completion for the Dolphins, but didn't really hurt that much. But maybe it was foreshadowing some future issues because you get into that second half Dolphins come out with a pretty big run right out of the gate you know Trevathan not really in the right spot Roquan not able to get off of his block and they picked up some nice yardage the Dolphins follow that up with no huddle on the next play no huddle two plays in a row no huddle three plays in a row no huddle four plays in a row and they're tiring out this Bears defense but on that fourth play Brock Osweiler throws interception number two to Mr. Kyle Fuller. So the defense is bailed out uh, of getting pretty tired there to start that second half. But that Fuller interception leads to the next play and Allen Robinson touchdown. A one-play, five-second drive for the Bears offense, which really didn't give this defense much of a break. They, they, don't, they come right back on the field. The offense gets another nice run right away. Again, questionable linebacking on that play. And then they go back to the no huddle. You know, a little dump off to the tight end for a nice catch and run. Back to the no huddle. Frank Gore rips off another long run. And the Dolphins offense was moving the ball pretty effectively. But Bears defense kind of steps it up a little bit. They made a couple stops, held the Dolphins to a field goal. Okay, they're getting tired. 
They're getting worn down a little bit, but three points, not the end of the world there. Bears offense comes back out. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, 54-yard pass down the left sideline from Trubisky. Two plays later, Tariq Cohen, 21-yard rushing touchdown. Three plays, one minute off the clock, and the Bears defense is back on the field. And, you know, at least the Bears offense is putting up points, unlike we had seen against Green Bay, which I'll touch on in a minute. But the defense is back on the field. They're not getting a lot of rest. And it's a good thing in this case, but it still, I think, was a big reason as to why their defense started to fall apart a little bit. Because, you know, again, Miami goes on a, a long 11-play drive, six minutes and 30 seconds off the clock. But again, they move between the 20s. The Bears really start to hold up a little bit as they get closer to the red zone, and they hold the Dolphins to another field goal. So all in all, they get through that third quarter, allowing only six points in the quarter and only 13 points in the game, and the Bears obviously take a lead there going into the fourth quarter, and then things really start to go wrong for this Bears defense. Albert Wilson goes 28 yards with a big play after the catch. It's just a weird mental error by Adrian Amos taking a bad angle. Kevin Tolliver misses the tackle, and Wilson really starts to get that speed and that confidence going. Later on in the drive, it's the 43-yard catch-and-run screen for a touchdown. It's a third-down play. The Bears blitz out of their base package, so Brock Osweiler's throwing it to a receiver that has a couple blockers. There's only a few defensive backs back there to make the play on stopping the screen, so it was, it was a good play call by the Dolphins. But then, of course, to compound it, you have a missed tackle by Adrian Amos. You have Eddie Jackson taking an absolutely terrible attempt in the open field. Doesn't even get his hands on Albert Wilson. And as you kind of see these missed tackles, I think it has a ripple effect into a lack of hustle among the rest of the defense. Because when you see Amos in space squaring up with Albert Wilson, you see the linebackers and the other defensive backs slow down a little bit in their chase. It's like, oh, well, Adrian's got him. He's going to wrap him up, plays over, right? Well, the missed tackle and Wilson keeps going, and all of a sudden you see the defenders pick it back up and try and chase him again, but he's just a little bit faster than what they could do, and, you know, it's a touchdown. Bears come back, respond with a touchdown drive, a nice one from Mitchell Trubisky. 11 plays, 75 yards, takes six minutes off the clock. The defense gets a little bit of a rest, but the first play back out there, Miami, quick little dump off to Albert Wilson over the middle of the field. Danny Trevathan completely overruns him for a really bad play. Roquan Smith takes a terrible angle from the backside. Bryce Callahan takes a terrible angle from the backside. And then Eddie Jackson comes from the free safety, completely overruns it to the outside. So you've got four different guys making mistakes here that aren't even really specifically missed tackles. And then, you know, give the Dolphins receivers some credit for blocking downfield and creating some space for Wilson after the catch. But this was kind of one of those situations where Wilson's just a little bit faster than everybody. And when you make mistakes in the open field and he can outrun you, that's when your 40-yard dash time actually means something because you're running 40 yards in pretty much a straight line. And, And Albert Wilson was just faster than the Bears on a couple of those plays. So, I mean, it's bad defense. It's bad angles from your safeties and linebackers. It's missed tackles from your safeties and linebackers, which we'll get into here in the next segment. But that's kind of your end to regulation. The Dolphins tie it up on a couple of those big plays after the catch. You get into overtime, and there's the fluky 35-yard deflection catch to Kenny Stills. Kyle Fuller was actually pretty well 
uh, shook on that play. Ended up all the way on the ground. Kind of broke his ankles, but it could have been a lot worse there. But they're lucky it wasn't after it gets deflected and, and goes right into Kenny Stills' hands. Then Frank Gore breaks off another big run on what was a pretty effective running concept for the Dolphins in this game. It's a trap play where basically your offensive line will intentionally leave a couple of defensive linemen unblocked. You know, the guy that's lined up right in front of him will let him go by. And another lineman will pull from nearby to trap and block that defensive lineman who thought he was free, but is no longer free. And so it allows the initial offensive lineman to get quickly to the second level to block your linebacker. But it also allows another offensive lineman to come over and trap block that initially released defensive lineman. It's, It's a lot of movement that can throw off linebackers, which it did for Danny Trevathan and Roquan Smith, and Frank Gore was able to work pretty effectively in that space created and was able to move the ball downfield. Of course, then the Bears were bailed out by a fumble from Kenyon Drake, but then Cody Parkey misses the field goal, the Dolphins are in good field position, and Brock Osweiler just has to dump it off to Kenyon Drake. Roquan Smith takes a terrible angle to pick up another 15 yards that should have been probably a two-yard play puts the Dolphins in field goal range. They just, you know, quick run, a little pass, field goal, ball game, Dolphins win, and and your Bears defense no longer looks like a top five group. The confidence and the energy just wasn't there on that side of the ball. And if you find yourself lacking some confidence and energy yourself when it comes to the bedroom, then you got to check out our friends at BlueChew.com. BlueChew is the first chewable tablet with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. And because they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the little blue pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Blue Chew prepares and ships directly to you in a discreet packaging, so there's no in-person doctor visits, and it's cheaper than having to go to a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for Locked On Bears listeners. If you go to bluechew.com, you can get your first shipment free if when you use the promo code locked on. You just pay for shipping and Blue Chew does the rest. That's B L U E Chew.com with the promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, and faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Bears. Up next, we look a little more individually at where things went wrong. A few individuals perhaps with more blame to be deserved than others. Looking at the lack of a pass rush, some missed tackles, and poor run defense. Keep it locked on Locked On Bears. We are breaking down observations from the All-22 film of the Bears' loss to the Dolphins. Specifically, starting off with this defense, which was much more the story of this game. We just kind of went through how the script of the game, the energy, the heat, some of the things the Dolphins were doing all kind of contributed to a lot of mistakes from this defense. But as we kind of went through some of those plays, you could hear a few names coming up more than once there. And we'll kind of get into some of those individuals here now. I mean, as a team, we talked about this on yesterday's podcast. The Bears missed 19 tackles. They had missed 15 tackles in the first four games combined. And actually, when you, when you break it down a little bit further, in the first half of this game, the Bears had four missed tackles, which is still not good, but 
compared to the second half and overtime was 15 missed tackles. The Bears had as many missed tackles in the second half and overtime as they had had in the first four games combined. You look at your worst offenders, Adrian Amos, 5 out of 19 missed tackles. Eddie Jackson, 3 missed tackles. Khalil Mack, 2. Roquan Smith, 2. Kyle Fuller, 2. Jonathan Bullard, 2. And those don't even include the plays where you have guys taking really just terrible angles to the ball in the open field or not taking the right gaps in the running game, which I thought was often the case with Roquan Smith. It just seemed like Smith and Trevathan were unable to get off of blocks and just just an ugly game in run defense for those guys. For whatever reason, the linemen were getting to the second level pretty easily and the Bears linebackers weren't able to consistently get off blocks without making a tackle, you know, before getting six or seven yards downfield. Really, the main guys who didn't miss tackles were Akeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, and Leonard Floyd. But, you know, even with no missed tackles, they still weren't getting a lot of pass rush going to get some pressure on Brock Osweiler. You look across the board here, Leonard Floyd, one hurry on like 33 pass rushing snaps. Khalil Mack, one quarterback hurry on, you know, another 30-32 pass rushing opportunities. Aaron Lynch, zero pressures rushing after the quarterback. I mean, that's just not your recipe for successful pass rush. Even on the interior, Akeem Hicks, one hit, one hurry. A little bit better, you know, a little bit more disruption, but really not a lot. I mean, your leading pass rusher in this game was actually Danny Trevathan. He had four hurries and one hit on something like 12 pass rushing snaps. Fangio liked to bring him a little bit more often as a blitzer, but not necessarily sending extra pass rushers, you know, just dropping Floyd back in coverage, dropping Mack back in coverage, and using Trevathan as that fourth pass rusher. And, you know, I think in total, a few things kind of went in to this lack of pass rush. Khalil Mack dropped back into coverage a season high seven times. And, you know, Floyd had four or five of his own. And again, individually, the, purely them dropping into coverage is not the sole reason for the Bears' lack of pass rush. But clearly they weren't being only utilized as pass rushers. They were, they were asked to do more. Fangio also rotated them between the two sides a lot more. You saw a lot closer to a 50-50 split between the left side and the right side of the defense for both of those two outside linebackers. Maybe that was an effort to mix up their matchups a little bit and try and generate some more pass rush, but it didn't work. Khalil Mack still faced a lot of double teams, but that happens in every game. That's not an excuse at this point for Khalil Mack. The injury Maybe a little bit more of an excuse, but he sees double teams all the time. Just didn't feel to me like he had the juice. He didn't have that same energy, that same electricity, that when he's on the field, everybody runs a little bit faster, everyone's got a little bit more excitement. Just wasn't there this game with Khalil Mack, and I I don't have a good answer as to why. I mean, I think it especially dropped off and, and sapped a little bit after the ankle injury, but even before that. There wasn't that Bears defensive swagger where, you know, a guy makes a play on the ball carrier and dancing around. I mean, we saw a little bit of that with Fuller's interception, but that was about it. And you didn't really see it coming from Khalil Mack. And 
you really do. I mean, it's cliche and you hear it from coaches all the time, but you do really have to give credit to this Dolphins offensive line, particularly their left tackle, Laramie Tunzel. He was matched up a lot, one-on-one, when Khalil Mack was over on that side, and Tunzel really handled him, one-on-one. I mean, Mack's just not getting there, and I think some of that was more after the injury. You saw Mack line up on that side a little bit more, so I'm not ready to crown Laramie Tunzel just yet, but he played a very good game at left tackle, and we kind of talked during the week up to the game that the right tackle Juwan James is probably their strongest offensive lineman. He did a pretty good job with Mac too, and you know, throw the double teams in there sometimes, and tight end chipping, and the running back helped not to block. There was just a lot of good pass protection. It was pretty good pocket presence from Brock Osweiler, and it was, I felt, a lack of energy, and maybe a lack of effort, and just kind of that lack of juice from this Bears front seven. It really did feel like the second half of the Green Bay game on defense in terms of the way the energy kind of died, the guys looked tired, and they just weren't getting after the quarterback, and it ultimately had a pretty negative effect on their secondary. Like I said at the top, it's it's just not one thing that, that went wrong. It was a lot of different things, and now the Bears have a lot to clean up defensively before they take on the New England Patriots next week, which is certainly going to be a lot bigger challenge than what the Dolphins were able to present. And you look right now on mybookie.ag, the Patriots are actually only four-point favorites, which is surprising considering the Patriots took down the Chiefs in that shootout on Sunday Night Football. But if you like those odds, then you got to lay down some cash and win big with mybookie.ag. And because you are a Locked On Bears listener, MyBookie will give you double the money to play and win big. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON when you make your first deposit, and MyBookie will match it dollar for dollar. Because with Locked On Bears and MyBookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Still to come, we take a look at the offense and evaluate Mitchell Trubisky's performance, the offensive line, and Matt Nagy as we try and get a feel for how much the defensive struggles ultimately impacted the offense's ability to produce down the stretch. That's next on Locked On Bears. It is Tape Tuesday today on Locked On Bears. And so we turn our attention to the offense and one Mitchell Trubisky, probably the one guy we have talked the most about after every game on this podcast. We saved him for last today with so much of the defense being the story of the game. And as Trubisky got going, you know, I think I'm not the only one that had some concerns about, okay, are we back to the earlier season? Mitchell Trubisky misses Anthony Miller wide open down the middle of the field. Had a couple of those just kind of errant throws that should be easy gimmies for most quarterbacks, but the mechanics weren't always there, and sometimes the pressure's getting to him, and he just rushes it a little bit. But he kind of calmed down as the game went on, and I think particularly in that first half, that scoreless first half, the offensive line was giving him some trouble. He didn't always have a ton of time to throw. He was getting flushed from the pocket a little bit more. Both of those sacks came in the first half, and I really thought it was another bad game from Kyle Long, and for those playing along at home, I think that's three bad games in a row from the beloved right guard, and 
you know, it's it's concerning. I mean, it really is. I, I really felt like Eric Cush and James Daniels probably both played better in this game than Kyle Long. Not ready to make any drastic moves just yet, but concerns at that right guard position. And, you know, Bobby Massey kind of continues to do Bobby Massey things. Just an okay average right tackle at this point. You know, as far as the left guard rotation went, I thought Eric Cush was pretty solid in pass protection, as always, and maybe James Daniels a little bit less so, but the rookie I thought was a little bit better in the running game, getting a little bit more push, which is kind of the the scouting report on James Daniels, right? Better run blocker than pass protector, still kind of getting going there. So I, I didn't really feel like there was a clear, you know, winner. There wasn't I mean, One of them wasn't significantly better than the other. They were both doing a pretty good job. But even with the offensive line pressure, even with, uh, you know, a questionable third and fourth down play calls from Matt Nagy, like fourth and one pitch to Tariq Cohen that went nowhere, you know, little things like that, some questionable head coach decisions, even with all that, Mitchell Trubisky still able to drive this offense down late there in the second quarter, gets them all the way down to the goal line, hands it off to Jordan Howard, fumble, and the Bears go into halftime without a score, but there was some late encouraging plays from Trubisky there, and they come out in the second half, and they pick back up right where they left off. You know, you have that big Trubisky scramble, you have the pass interference throw to Allen Robinson that moved big chunk plays, brought some energy back into this offense, bringing that confidence back a little bit into Mitchell Trubisky. You wrapped up, wrap up that drive with the shovel pass to Trey Burton, and the Bears are back in business. They're on the scoreboard, and there's the Bears offense you had been waiting for in the first half, right? And then the next drive, it's the Kyle Fuller interception we talked about. One play, Allen Robinson touchdown. It's a decent strike from Mitchell Trubisky there. It was, it was hot. It was quick. It was where it needed to be. Maybe a little bit behind Allen Robinson, but but that's nitpicking. It's a touchdown. It's a, it's, a st- it's a solid throw from your quarterback. And then the defense is back out there. Bears offense gets back on the field after the field goal. Bomb to Taylor Gabriel for a big 40-plus yard play down the sideline. And that's really developing into a strong connection. It's a really difficult throw to make to get on the same page with how fast your receiver is running. Just enough to hit him in stride and lead him, but not overthrow him and not underthrow him and put the ball in potentially harm's way. And that set up the 21-yard Tariq Cohen touchdown run. And, you know, all of a sudden your your offense is clicking. and you're, you're putting touchdowns on the board back-to-back to back three straight touchdowns 21 points in that third quarter and we'd kind of talked last week about how this Dolphins secondary and really the linebackers as well are vulnerable to missed tackles so sort of what the Bears ended up actually doing and it happened for the Dolphins in the second half as well Uh, you saw Trubisky make a couple guys miss on his scrambles Tariq Cohen making guys miss on the runs and certainly after the catch he had a couple of big plays in the middle of the field where he just runs around guys and that's when the offense really started flowing but I think the even bigger impact there the biggest difference when you get into that third quarter is Trubisky had time to throw the offensive line stepped up. You saw Kyle Long calm down a little bit more and, and hold his side of the, the offensive line better. Charles Leno, solid as always. Eric Cush, solid. Cody Whitehair, pretty darn solid. The offensive line stepped up, and Trubisky, I think, was under pressure twice in the entire second half and overtime combined. So your quarterback had time to throw, like in the Buccaneers game, and had this offense rolling. Then you get to this end zone interception. 
And I still am not 100% sure on what Trubisky thought he saw there. Dolphins are sitting in cover one, single deep safety in zone with everyone else underneath in man-to-man coverage. And so you had kind of four verticals type play where, you know, you're actually with three tight ends on the field, but lined up like a three wide receiver set. And basically three wide receivers were all to the right side of the field. Outside receivers running a deep vertical in the the slot receiver, the outer slot receiver, sort of the middle of the three is kind of running more of a, a seam vertical. And then the innermost slot receiver was Trey Burton, who was kind of running a vertical across the middle of the field, the crossing route in front of the, the deep safety to, in theory, attract the attention of that safety in the middle of the field so that when he follows Trey Burton, that will create space where that safety was for the other vertical receiver, which happened to be number three tight end Ben Broniker, to then have some space against the man-to-man coverage. So you see Trubisky snap the ball, and he looks left right away. He's looking at Deion Sims who had been lined up at the tight end position. Sims ends up running more of a deep out route than a true vertical, but he's looking that direction. He's kind of following Trey Burton with his eyes to tell the safety, hey, go with this receiver. But the safety doesn't go anywhere. He really doesn't bite at all on Trubisky's eyes. And Trubisky goes from Burton and then looks right to Broniker and throws. And the safety, he kind of took like a step toward Burton, which might have been the indicator for Trubisky to pull the trigger, but... He didn't take more than a step, and he stayed right there. Trubisky threw the ball right where the safety was, and he just had to go up and make the interception. I really don't know why Trubisky threw that ball. It's a terrible decision, a terrible throw. I mean, I think the the blueprint was there, but the execution was not. But give Trubisky credit, because after the interception, he comes back. You know, they get the running game going a little bit more. Some of the dink and dunk quick passes that kind of get him into a rhythm, And you see the 29-yard touchdown to Anthony Miller was the same play that Trubisky missed a wide-open Anthony Miller on in the first quarter. We talked about it at the top of the segment. That one big miss early on that had you concerned. They came back and run the exact same play. Trubisky nails him. Touchdown. Gives the Bears the lead with three minutes left. Then the next play is the 75-yard Albert Wilson touchdown. and, And you're back to tied. But Trubisky put this offense in position to have a late lead. The Bears get the ball back for one more try there, and Tariq Cohen fumbles, and you go into overtime. So all in all, I mean, Trubisky, he missed some throws, and he threw some real bad ones. Even beyond just the interception, there were a couple of interceptable-type bad passes that could have drastically, I think, affected his performance but when he was from that clean pocket man when the offensive line was giving him time to throw he was firing that connection with Taylor Gabriel those deep balls cannot be overlooked they looked easy but man those are those are really critical plays for Trubisky's development those are plays he was missing earlier in the season that he's really hitting now in back-to-back games comes back and hits Anthony Miller on that same post play over the middle I mean that's the growth you want to see in your quarterback that's your head coach having confidence in your quarterback. And I think it was, you know, it was an encouraging step for the offense. It, you know, it was never going to be where they were against Tampa Bay again, but they were clearly farther than they were against Arizona and Seattle before that. That The Tampa Bay game was a step forward, not a complete fluke, because you're seeing them be better than they were before that Tampa Bay game. So again, the pieces are all there. You've seen this offense play at a high level. 
you've seen this defense play a lot at a high level. You know, you see that if everything comes together, it can be a good team. And it's just a matter of time before things start to round out a little bit. It's going to take more experience in the system. And no matter how long it takes, we'll be here on Locked On Bears, breaking it all down. Come back tomorrow for the return of friend of the show, Mark Schofield, will be joining us for Crossover Wednesday, giving us the scoop on the New England Patriots because as much as he comes on here to usually talk Trubisky, we'll be talking Tom Brady. He is the host of Locked On Patriots, so not not as much in-depth QB talk, at least on the Bears quarterback, but Mark knows his Patriots, and I'm looking forward to trying to figure out how well the Bears can stack up with one of the best teams in the NFL. We'll also put together a game plan for the Patriots later on this week, just like we do every week on the podcast. It's all part of our daily Chicago Bears news and analysis that you've all come to expect at this point. I hope you'll check out the Locked on Bears Facebook group for even more daily Bears discussion with your fellow listeners. Been getting a lot of great conversations going on there, especially on game day. So I recommend you go to Facebook, you just search Locked on Bears group or go to the Locked on Bears Facebook page and there's a button right on there to join the group. I'll let you in and get you going in the conversation. You can also join the conversation right here on the podcast with the Locked on Bears voicemail and text line. You heard Sonny from Chicago yesterday asking a question about this Bears pass rush in the Dolphins game. If you want to hear yourself right here the phone number is 312-620-8590 you can also text in your questions as well and i can read them on the air that way plenty of different ways to keep it locked on locked on bears and like i always say those are all great ways to bear down